I recently attended my college reunion. What joy seeing these familiar faces. Faces that are older, tighter in places, framed with gray, but still beautiful because of their passionate drive. Strangers, really, but we all got along so well, all of us longing for a connection of some sort and feeling good enough about our lives that we spent $60 to talk about it at a dinner in a stuffy little place in a haunted city of southern New England. When I returned to my Airbnb after three too many tumblers of whiskey and ice, a large creature flew in over my shoulder, making it in before the quick close of the screen door. Tipsy and happy, I peered around the corner to see if it had landed. It had. Up near the ceiling was an enormous praying mantis. She turned her bulbous green eyes toward me, and I felt the calm that so many had felt before in the creature's presence. The look she gives before devouring the head of a lover. A reminder to live in this moment, but be ever mindful going forward. I fumbled with the lock, went upstairs, and collapsed into the too-soft mattress, and fell asleep before reckoning with the inevitable queasiness of morning. I took three Advils to stop the room from spinning, left a positive review online, and then soared back through to the portal that leads us to the Deep Night. I'm not going to kid you. That praying mantis lady gave me a start. It was the size of a fist, and when it flew in, I thought it was a bat. Now, I imagined trying to hit it with my shoe, but was reminded that it was probably, at a minimum, bad luck to kill a noble creature like that. Most of the night, I slept fitfully, hoping it hadn't made it in under the door. Hello, it's me, Dale Seaver, and I'm your host through this hour of regrets and revelations and rising stars in this place we call the Deep Night. We come to you as we always do, from the foul banks of the Gowanus, at least in spirit, for tonight we find our portal to the Deep Night in the sub-basement of the Bravo Television Network. It's mostly empty bottles of Skinny Girl wine and a pile of letters from Matthew Broderick addressed to Andy Cohen down here. But if that's how one has to enter this strange realm, so be it! For tonight, we're talking to comedian Greta Teitelman. Greta is a powerhouse on stage and on screen and in your ear holes. She's the co-host of the Lady Lovin' podcast. Lady Lovin' is my personal source for female empowerment. Greta, along with Jilly Hendrix and Lowe Bosworth, tackle a variety of topics from relationships and sex to health and wellness to business and startups. I like that startups is in there, but they had me at wellness. She's hosted regular shows at the Jane Hotel in New York, been at Caroline's Union Hall, and many, many podcast, and she's got a terrific show coming up as part of the New York Comedy Festival. She's also the host of Personal Space, a new video series for Bravo. Hey, that's where we are now. That's fun. She's a great talent, and I'm happy she could join us. Before we get to Greta, one program note. Sometime this week, uh, we had been scheduled to talk to Julia Wirtz, great illustrator, graphic novelist, and a writer, and she had to make an emergency trip back uh, to California, where uh, she is from, to check in on her family and friends affected by the wildfires out there. Now, as someone who spent many fine afternoons in Santa Rosa and Sebastopol and Napa, 
I want to express our deep night love for that place and the wonderful people there, and I hope that all is okay with Julia's family and anyone else in the paths of those uh, horrible fires. In the weeks to come, as we have been doing with all of these disasters, uh, we'll be contributing to whatever whatever relief agencies are out there. We just discovered a great one uh, with um, uh, the Redwood Credit Union, so we've, we've sent some money out there, and uh, we're, we're doing what we can in many places at this point, um, but specifically out there this week uh, to help them rebuild and recover. But now we return to the present and we focus our considerable energies on our conversation today with the formidable Greta Teitelman. Oh, friends, ah, here I am in the deep night with the dazzling Greta Teitelman. How are you, Greta? I'm fabulous. Good. Thank you so much for jumping in and joining me on the program in these humid uh, deep night. It's a very, very humid deep night we are in right now. Why is it? It's October. I'm ready. The leaves are falling. I know. I want smoke in the air. Me too. A little Christmas. Yes. I've got sweaters. I... You need to be wearing them. I bought a cardigan with a zipper, finally. And what is it doing, laying dormant? Laying dormant, being eaten by moths, yes. probably. Yes. Oh, well, I last ran into you during the San Gennaro Festival. Mm-hmm. That wonderful festival down here in Little Italy. So glamorous. Oh, what a time. It is a lot of cannolis, wasn't it? A lot it? of cannolis, a lot of sausage. Oh, sausages. Oh, sausages. Now we're talking. I'm just wild about street festivals, aren't you? You know... I am. I am. I am wild about street festivals. I love them. I love that they shut down blocks. I love that the street becomes mine. I love smelling like burnt fat. When it gets in your clothes and your hair. Nothing like it. You come home and you say, I'm still celebrating. Yes. It's the thrill. The thrill of I don't shower for days. For days. Yes. I know it. I have them all mapped out in my Google calendar. You know exactly when they happen. It's a lot of my year. Yes. It's just, you know, the Atlantic Antic, or I'll be over there at the Gennaro, the one up in Second Street. Oh, the Second Street one. It's a lot to do. Then there's the one on like 27th in the Murray Hill area. It almost needs a podcast just for street. It (laughs) does. I love walking in the street, though. It's so liberating. It is. I feel like this is, I feel free. I feel like that's what freedom is. That's what American freedom is. Well, I tell you this. I wander around, Mm -hmm. and I hold on to my wallet in my front pocket because... Everybody knows you can't put it in the back. Listen, no matter how much great work Giuliani did cleaning up the city, it's still New York. It is. And... um, I look at all the food options, and I resist spending money. You know, I think, well, there's going to be something better. Next, next, next. Then I get to the end of the street, Mm -hmm. and I'm starving. Uh And usually I end up just going to a restaurant that I like nearby. (laughs) (laughs) But Or sometimes I'll go to whatever's closest, you know. Yeah. But um, that brings me to uh, your status as a relationship expert. Yes. Because isn't that sometimes how we go through life? Thinking something better is going to come along, and then... Later in our lives, um, after we've protected our valuable bits, yeah. we end up kind of settling. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Or going with what we know. I think relationships, I love that I'm a relationship expert. I mean, that is, I do have a whole show where I do talk about relationships. This is what we're talking about. You yeah. know, I recently just went through a breakup. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. It's fine. I actually, I actually, he and I had a really lovely conversation yesterday where... He 
was able to see why we had to break up because yeah. we both needed to like evolve to become other people, you know? I do. But I do think there is that fear that in relationships that you're never going to find anything better. Yes. And then maybe you find yourself in a situation down the road that you don't want to be in. But then you've already made your bed. You got to sleep in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I do. But I yes. think people are so scared of being alone. It is a big fear. It is. Let, let's, and I've always said this, I don't feel being lonely. I'm happy sometimes I can be lonely. Mm -hmm. But that fear of being left alone is, is big for me. It is? It is, yeah. Why? I, I don't maybe as an only child. Uh, I feel that sense of people leaving or, or going away, but mm -hmm. I've, it's always been present. Certainly in my relationships, it's been an issue. And sometimes I've held on to things too long, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. We all do it. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've held on to a lot of relationships for too long when I should have just said, ciao. Yeah. Sayonara. That's right. And also, people, when you're young, too, you have this feeling, I don't know, everyone wants to... I just feel like everyone should be free, like walking in the street of the festival. That's how, that's the feeling that you should have, that just to be free and experience and explore. You want to eat an arepa? Eat an arepa. You yes. want to eat a sausage? Eat a sausage. You want to go and get a fried pickle? Get a fried pickle. Sample the flavors. Sample the, sample the flavors till you've found <laughs> one that will maybe let you also have other flavors, too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now we're getting somewhere. Uh, have you been married before? Never. Yeah. Well, it's even sweeter the second time around. I, you know what? My you. mom always told me that. Yeah, she did. <laughs> yes, my mom always told me the second time. That's when it really clicks. That's when it's really yeah, good. because you're past all that other stuff. Yeah. And then you can do it. Have, yeah. How many times have you been married? Just This is just the second. This is just the uh, second. So, yes, yeah, she's a, a wonderful energy healer oh. uh, that I met, and we have a little yoga studio down by the Gowanus. Um, wow, that's gorgeous. It's okay. Uh, have you been to the Gowanus? <laughs> I've been to the Gowanus. <laughs> I have. It's it's fragrant. It certainly is. But there is a meditative element surrounded by, isn't that um, the the sanitation plant? Isn't that down there, too? That's also, yeah. yeah. I mean, the whole stretch of it. It has yeah. a very Epcot feeling down there. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes, I get that at the parking lot at Lowe's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> yes, certainly Epcot. Do you go down there? To Florida? Yeah, well, to Epcot. Did you go there? I've been there once. Oh, isn't it magical? You know, I went when I was nine, and my mom hated amusement parks. So I was raised to think that amusement parks were evil. Evil. Yeah. I was raised to think amusement parks were evil, and I was raised to think malls were evil. Wow. Like, yes. So what were you America. Doing? <laughs> I was raised to think America was. What was left? You know, really, what was left was. Uh, was f hotels. The hotels were pretty, not evil. Pretty good. Spas, not evil. Okay, there's some things. And restaurants, not evil. <laughs> yeah, good. But we went to... I was worried you were going to say libraries. Oh, uh, uh, no. Libraries, not, def certainly not evil. <laughs> I loved the library. I loved the library. I still go to the library. I don't understand how it works. The library. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's not high on my list. It's not. I just go buy the book. Rather than, rather than check it out of the library. Yeah. Well, you have that. Um, I like see. I work well in pressure situations. <laughs> yeah. So when I get a book from the library, it forces me to read it. Yeah. Because I have to return that puppy, or else I'm going to get fined like Big eighty time. cents. <laughs> and I don't. I can't afford that right now. I can't. I get it. But when I was at Disney yes. World, yes. 
my mom hated being there. Mm. And at the time, I was, I mean, I still am, but I was obsessed with my mom. So whatever she did, I did. So um, the first, we were there for, I think, four days or something like that. The first three, I never even went into the park. What, just circling? I just was with my mom at the hotel. (laughs) And then the last day I went and I bought an autograph book and I just stalked all of the characters to get their autographs. I got Chip and Dale's autograph. Very important. I got Minnie and Mickey's. I got, I mean, I got literally all of them. It was incredible. I was just had this gorgeous autograph book. And now I'm thinking... Where is it now? Yeah, you know? well, that's that's a good thing to look for. Yeah, for it sure. is. Uh, two, congratulations on getting Thank everybody. Thank you. That's uh, that's an accomplishment. Thank you. Yeah. And I assume by doing that meant you didn't actually participate in anything at the park. No, <laughs> I went. I did go into the Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, oh, okay. like screening thing where they would have like air blowing at your feet and it was like this interactive. It felt like you were in the in the show. As if you had been. Uh, shrunk down or just you were participating watching the movie? As if you had been shrunk down that uh-huh. made you feel that way. So I did that and I did go on the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean like yo ho, uh-huh. yo ho a pirate's life for me ride and I f- hated it. Yeah. <laughs> I hated it. I hate those bars that come down and like smush you. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I feel like I'm going to get stuck in some terrible like weird robot tunnel and i don't like it did you participate in any of the talking about your restaurants and street festivals and, and food they have the whole international oh, they have section the whole, oh, they do have the whole international section it's, I mean, it's true. foods of the world yes foods as, of the world as prepared by folks from orlando yes <laughs> foods from the world in orlando where they racially profile everyone to come and work there it's great. It's the most magical place on earth. It is. It is. It really connects you to the greater sense of humanity. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, did you know something fascinating about Disney World and Disneyland? What's that? Their, their <laughs> trash cans yeah. are just holes to a huge trash chute underneath the park. So no one ever needs to change bags. You know, that's like what they have over at Roosevelt Island. Really? Yeah. They have a suction system. So there's so not crazy. Uh, you put it in and then it gets whirled into a giant spinning fan. And that's why there's no odor of trash on Roosevelt Island. That is so How weird. about that? We'd like to go over there sometime. I I maybe I will now. It has all the things. I'm here that you to like. check out the trash fan. Hi, thank you so much. Uh, I love that place down there. Yeah. I had a good time. I did like that little purple dragon figment. Mm. I was I I got a lot of figment stuff. Good, it's great. I don't even, I don't know what that is. Oh, it's a little bit of a brag. So oh, I apologize. It's okay. I love bragging. <laughs> I think more people should brag all the time. Well, speaking of bragging, you have a show on Bravo. I do. Personal space. Yes. This exists on Bravo, the television network, or through their online affiliates. Both. It of it. Uh, it as of now, exists on BravoTV.com. There we go. Yes. Now these are uh, five or so. So far, yeah. Well, well so more. far, there are more coming out. But yeah, it's a little show that we have where we talk about relationships and sex and stuff like that. Personal space. Yeah. Uh, and uh, as as I was saying a little bit before uh-huh. we got going, I, I think you're great in the host position. You Thank like you. that? I do. Yeah. I just like talking to people. Sure. I like talking to people. I like asking people questions. I like 
um, you know, I like connecting with people. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why we're in this. Yeah. Um, and you like talking about relationship stuff? Are you good at relationship stuff? I love Seems talking like you have about a good perspective on the breakup and everything. Thank you. I love talking about relationship stuff. I love it because we all go through it. And I think that it's something that everyone can relate to. I also, you know, I don't have, I don't think I have the most traditional views on on relationships either. So I think that that's helpful. That's good. Yeah. You know, I'm a child of a terrible divorce. Yes. So I was able to see a relationship growing up that like was very dysfunctional and didn't work. And you were aware and of that of early on. Very early on. Yeah. What was the issue? Money. Between my parents? Yeah. No, infidelity. Oh, that's that's tough. Yeah. It's hard to get past. Well, you know, it, when you're a child and you're watching it, there's so much, like, anger. You, I would, my, my dad cheated on my mom all the time. And I, would, and I was so mad and angry and didn't like my dad for mo- all of my childhood, basically. Yeah. And through my early 20s and only recently have I been like oh he's just a human and parents are human beings and we make decisions in relationships that all of us do that aren't right and don't make sense but I think ultimately all of us are just like trying we're just living on this earth just trying it's true so I just decided to not be mad anymore. That's my whole mindset is I don't get mad. I don't want to get mad anymore. I don't yeah. want to be upset anymore. You just got to let it ride and just just do just do it. Well, that's a very mature position to come to. And people Thank spend you. their whole rest lives not letting go of that yeah. uh, anger and deciding to, to let it fester over it. Such a them. waste of time. It is a waste of time. It's going to make me ugly and old, and I want to be <laughs> fabulous for forever. Well, I think you're on your way. Um, uh, how, how important is personal space to you? Oh, like literally per- like yeah. my personal space or the yes. show? Your, your my literal personal space. personal space. So important to me. Yeah. I need to be alone a lot. That was half of the problem in my, that's been a problem for me in all of my past relationships is that like I can't, I don't know how to properly vocalize my need to be alone. Oh. I need to be alone. I need to have my own space. I need to sleep alone sometimes. Yeah. It's really important to me. Otherwise I feel like claustrophobic and suffocated yeah. and I get freaked out like an animal you know? Yep. I'm not a spooner. I'm not a spooner. I don't need that. I don't hot. like getting sticky. Yes. <laughs> I'm already drenched. It's so do you, is personal space important to you? It is. Yes. As much as we were talking about that fear of being alone, I still need my time. Yeah. And, and, and that to be respected and, yeah. and, and given its space and not have any judgment around that. Yeah. I don't like spooning. I don't no, like spooning at all. Close. I don't like spooning. I don't like sleeping on, I don't like sleeping in someone's arms. Yeah, no. I don't like. <laughs> don't need that. I don't like our, my legs being sandwiched by someone else's legs. I don't like it. I don't like sticky. That's an unpleasant feeling, what you've just described. No, it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. Yep. It's terrible. Yep. I'm, I just don't I, like it. We agree, 100%. Yeah, I just don't like getting hot. I don't like my sheets getting s- sweaty. Mm, yeah. It's gross. It's gross. I, I, uh, I'm with you. How does I, your wife feel about it? 
also, that's why it's working. Oh, on board. That's why it works. Yeah. 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 But that's yeah. what I mean. You've got to have somebody that's also not into that leg thing. Yeah. You can't have anybody yeah. that's into the leg You've thing. You've got to have somebody that runs a little hot. Yes. Yeah. No foot stuff. No. I mean, we'll have that air conditioner on. Well into December. Oh, my air conditioner is literally never off. My air conditioner is on all the time. It really is. Well, so you cover that kind of thing on the program and also yes. all, all manner of relationship yes. issues. Yes. But as we're talking about, we just hit on it. I think so much of it does come down to respect. Yes. And respecting one another. Yes. And while we're on the subject, Harvey Weinstein can jump in a lake of lava. Oh, that guy man. is awful. And the only good thing that's happening now is all these uh, cretins and villains and, and, and uh, 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 scum are being thrown out and called out on their behavior. Yeah, I Harvey Weinstein is a piece of literal evil garbage troll trash right. that, like— should get his dick ripped off, excuse my language, no. but he really should. Yeah. And I really hope, like, I feel like he probably wants to kill himself, but I do also think he's too narcissistic to kill himself. Um, and I really hope he doesn't because I really think he needs to live with his disgusting yeah. actions. Well, I'm sure that he's uh, planning his second... Uh return or something like that you know he's already he's just making a so way. disgusting it's so gross and listen i've been hard sometimes on gwyneth paltrow uh and the goop and all that but after reading what's happening gwynny i'm with you yeah let the healing continue yeah let the healing continue i'm gonna become a diamond goop member yeah whatever <laughs> it takes a, you should <laughs> I'll buy everything. Get a jade orb to I, put in one of your orifices like she suggests. I'm going to get three of them and load yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. Just, you got to load up. I, you got to. It's a heavy load. She's uh, going to invade my personal space in a very real way. <laughs> but you know what I want to know, Yes. too, is all of those board members that, those four board members that also resigned, yep. they can't just get out of here scotch-free. There's a reason why they resigned. Yep. And props to Rose McGowan. She's always yeah. been out there banging that drum. Yep. So. Listen to women. Listen to women. We That's must. Well, uh, you know what else? I hope the comedy guys get the message. I hope they do too. You know? I hope all men in all, I hope all men in all positions of power that, uh, objectify women and humiliate women and harass women um, just realize that they're not invincible and that power doesn't make you uh, untouchable, you know, yeah. and they, everyone thinks that it does. And we can't be scared of that shit because people thinking that power makes you invincible. I mean, look at look at how we have Donald Trump. Like, this is it's crazy. It's awful. And yeah, they talk about somebody that doesn't have any respect for anybody. No. Anyone's independence or agency or mail. Oh, it's a mess. It's a mess. <clears throat> but I can't think about it. Otherwise, my brain like melts into a billion little pieces and then my body fills with rage. And then you just walk around as a little rage monster yeah. all day. And then yeah. I do and I start fights. Yep. <laughs> punching people carts. on the street. <laughs> yep. Knocking coffee cups out of people's hands. Yeah. 
gets rough. Yeah. Yes. Well, you have people come on the show, though, that behave themselves and have a great deal of respect, comedians and experts yes. on the personal space yes, program, yes, yes. which is an oasis and a, a place where you can have a good discussion and not it feel is. just loaded up on rage. It is. But sometimes I love to be loaded up on rage. It's very helpful sometimes. Rage is sometimes very fun. We need to have all the emotions at our disposal. We do. Except, <laughs> I accept guilt. Okay. I think guilt is the one emotion that you should that we should all just get guilt and regret. They kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. I think that we should just delete those from our emotion. Well, I guess if you comport yourself with all the other ones, you don't yeah. need to have things that you regret or feel guilty about. Yeah, but we all do. We, we all do. do. Yeah. Cuz we all look back and we all wish we did this or wish we did that, when in reality Are you there yet? Do you have uh, uh regrets? I have regrets about not standing up to my high school theater department head. Here we go. I do. (laughs) (laughs) You think you deserved a better part? You actually had a friend of mine from high school on your show. Oh, who's that? Joanna Rothkopf. Oh, yes. Yes. Lovely. She and I went to high school together. That's terrific. Yeah, she's a wonderful woman. Did she get the part that you were after? She didn't really do theater in high school. <laughs> she didn't. I mean, I was I I stopped auditioning for a lot of the plays and things like that because the head of the department at the time was just so evil to me. Hmm. But she was she chose her favorites and then to everybody else they were all garbage. I mean, she really acted like this was a on like a Broadway big, you know, like Spring Awakening when it first came out. Like that's how she treated everything. Yeah. What was the play though? Oh, well, I mean, it was like everything. Let's see. <laughs> oh, it was Rocky Horror what? Picture Show. Didn't get cast in that. Um, I didn't get cast in some a bunch of other crap that I can't even remember that I've deleted from my brain. <laughs> Trauma blocked, honestly. Oh, really? this, yeah. This person sounds so terrible. She was terrible. Again, that's like a little bit of power, and then they get, they just go nuts. But those people are always the crazy ones. The For high sure. school, like people that are working with high school students, coaches, like that. <laughs> those kind of people that think that they'll be able to like later take credit for someone's greatness, which is like fair, you know, the coaches and teachers, sure. Yeah. But they just get, I also had an amazing, when I was in elementary school, I had an amazing like drama teacher. Her name was Charmaine. Yes. And she was an opera singer. Oh. And she... I always she had this like really dark curly hair and she would always wear super dark lipstick and like very dramatic outfits and I just loved her. She was just so dramatic all the time and I was like she's incredible. And I thought to myself this is theater. Mm-hmm. This is performance to be mm-hmm. Charmaine. So then going from Charmaine to this you know how can how can wreck. I do that? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sorry you had to go through that. It's okay. But you're still inspired. You ever looked uh, Charmaine up? Did she ever do anything? I actually did look her up the other day because <laughs> I was thinking about her and I was thinking about my science teacher when I was in the fourth grade named Cece. Yeah. And I remember Cece uh, had the roughest hands hmm. I've ever felt and always smelled like stale coffee and mm. cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of scared of her, but also respected her. 
and I had an ecosystem of guppies in her class. So <laughs> I was thinking about all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So do you, did you find out what Charmaine did? I, I, no. I was never able to find them. Never Because I don't know their last name. Yeah. I went to a weird, hippy-dippy, liberal elementary school oh. where we called our teachers by their first names. So they may be off the grid anyway. Yeah, I think they are. They are probably like very <laughs> anti-technology. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's pre- listening. I'm pretty sure the uh, art teacher we had in middle school lives in a car. <laughs> Just Yeah. I'm, I don't remember seeing any different clothes and the same yeah. thing. Stale coffee. Yeah. Uh, cigarettes. Yeah, definitely lived in a car. <laughs> there was some car living going on. Um, we all have choices that we have to make we in do. life, and it's not always uh, up to us. Sometimes no. we end up in the car. Yes. The choice to pursue the arts mm-hmm. uh, can be difficult. Mm-hmm. You went to art school. I did go to art school. Uh, here in New York. Parsons. Parsons. What, were you going to go fashion, photography? What was the aim? <sighs> my, my thing was photography. Mm-hmm. I actually did my freshman year of college at the University of Arizona. Oh. Where I did photography and sculpture. Mm-hmm. And I loved doing sculpture, but I wasn't very good at it. It's hard. Very hard. Yeah. And like I was never very good at welding. I really wanted to work with metal, and I just was never good at it. And my, I'm too antsy and crazy, and it just it wasn't for me. Yeah. But I all through. So when I got rejected from my theater department in high school, I started doing a lot of photography. So I started. I went to Arizona because Ansel Adams founded the photography department there and I was got to be pretty good right it was great yeah. and my advisor was Frank Gulke who's an incredible new typographic photographer is at the MoMA and all this stuff he's amazing yeah um but I had this conversation with him when I was there and he was like if you really want to be a working photographer you need to move to New York and I was like okay that's just, so then that's so funny that that's the advice that people often give. Yeah. There's so many. Th- I mean, I get it. This yeah. is the critical mass. But you, now it seems like you can actually do a lot. And and it may even be better in places that are not New York. So much has changed. Like, yes. And I, I didn't graduate from college that long ago. But even in the time that I did, yeah. I, I mean, at the time, though, I was like a real purist. I was like analog everything, black and white everything. I'm a black and white printer, like fiber paper, four by five, <laughs> like large format. Like You got the chemicals, yeah. You got fixer trays. Yeah, I was You're a real nerd yeah. about it all. And I loved it. And I was taking like incredibly uh incredibly I don't want to say boring, but I was taking a lot of very quiet like landscapes. That was kind of my thing for a little bit. Yeah. And then um, my mom got sick with cancer, and I was just so over everything that I started uh, project. I started projecting weird. Let's talk about like art school, like bullshit that you do. <laughs> I started projecting like weird lo-fi images of people chewing gum onto a wall, and then like taking a still life of that hmm. so stupid and like dumb and embarrassing to think like <laughs> this is my art like whatever <laughs> and then that that turned into me uh getting really into working in the color dark room sure and i made a bunch of photograms oh which is when you don't use film to create yeah. photos you just 
mess around with colors. Yeah. And I had the best time. But the <laughs> the shitty thing is, is that um, in my time at Parsons and I was doing my thesis, they actually shut down the color darkroom. Oh, that um, would seem to impede your progress. Exactly. So then I ended up going to print lab or print, I think it was print lab photo, photo something on in Chelsea where they have like, it's like the last place they have a color dark room. <laughs> and I would spend hours in there. It's so much fun. I loved it so much. And it's something you still do? I don't really anymore. I By the time. It's a lot to move around, I think. It's a lot. I <laughs> all mean, the equipment and all that. There's just so much crap it's just crazy but when I graduated I worked for a commercial photographer so when I graduated I didn't want to work in fashion photography because you don't make any money and also I didn't want to deal with those people's egos I was just like not down to do that so one of my professors uh, who's an amazing man who's hilarious so lovely um, he called me randomly one day and he was in a bind and he was like I need an assistant for this job, can you be my assistant? I was like, sure. So then I ended up assisting him for, I ended up assisting him for like three years, almost four years. And we got to like travel to Singapore together, go work jobs in Mexico. Like we got to do a lot of traveling and work for a lot of crazy clients. We shot ad campaigns for Royal Caribbean. I went on cruises for like a solid year of my life. This is not bad. It was not bad. It was it, it was an experience. Yeah, <laughs> I got we we shot a lot in advertising and food. I mean, I got to like eat Danielle Balud's food all the time and be very fancy, and it was nice. I remember working with a food stylist at one point. Yeah, and it was like cereal and all that kind of stuff, but it would be glue instead yeah. of milk. Now, were you doing that kind of thing, or were you Sometimes, really photographing the food as it was? It depends. Like, when you photograph cookbooks and things of that nature, you're yeah. photographing the real food. For the most part, you're photographing the real food. Uh-huh. When you're shooting ad campaigns for, um, like, McDonald's, let's yeah. say, a lot of the time when you see a burger that's actually sausage... Yeah. Because it just shoots better than beef because it's fattier and it's like sparklier and it looks nicer. A lot of the time when you see ice scoops of ice cream yeah. on, on you know, packaging for on ice cream boxes or whatever. Yes. It's mashed potatoes. Oh, my. Yeah. That I didn't know. Yes. Sausages, though. It comes back to that, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it all comes back to sausage. We're just and a primal draw yeah, to it is a primal, sausages. Yeah, it's a primal draw to sausage. <laughs> I'm trying to think of another really weird one. Oh, like crushed ice in in drinks? Yeah. It's like this weird gl- little micro chunks of glycerin that you need to like soak in water. It's so gross. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. But then you also legally need to use the real product sometimes. So we would be shooting like, we'd be shooting <laughs> out of focus things in for, the back. Well, we'd be shooting things for like Grey Goose, for example. Uh-huh. And you could just fill a glass with water. Right. And it would be, no one would know the difference between water and vodka in the photo, but because of like the ad integrity, all of it's real. Isn't that interesting? It is interesting. 
and I'm, I'm just kind of spinning on ideas about uh, real and not real mm-hmm. and uh, being involved on the Bravo show where things are, are real on your program, but that network. That network, yeah. Sometimes they have things that are. Sometimes they have things that are. Mashed potatoes. Yes, not real. <laughs> A couple of scoops of potatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just fascinating. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do miss the art school. You talk that stale cigarettes. I mean, that was the. I smoked I, so many cigarettes in art school. I love secondhand smoke. I've never smoked. You've never smoked no, ever? No. Never in your life? Never. Well, a couple of cigars or a pipe here and there. But What no, about cigarettes. weed? No. 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 Uh, never. No uh, drugs of any kind. Ever. Really. Ever. Well, one brownie at a bachelor party, and it just made me anxious. <laughs> <laughs> gave me terrible stum- uh, stomach trouble. I but- used to love smoking cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And then, thank God, I hated yeah, it. Yeah, you got to turn on that because it's not good for you. It's disgusting. Well, I do miss it, though. I do miss that. That's what I miss about you, our school. Secondhand smoke. Secondhand smoke, I yeah. miss. Yeah. So I'm only outdoors, not inside. No, I don't want to be around disgusting. it. It's bad. But you go outside and like, oh, that idea about fall, the crunching I know. leaves and the Christmas and some uh, arty people gathered together. Mm-hmm. I was just attending my uh, reunion mm-hmm. up there at that school, and it was so, where I studied mold making. Mm. And it was just glorious to see all the misfits had grown up, you know, some of Did us. Did it make you sad? Uh, nostalgic? I am often sad and nostalgic. Uh, do you think that <laughs> so do you think that, that s- being sad and nostalgia are the same things? Oh. Mm, can there be happy nostalgia, you mean? Yes. Do you think there can Yes, can there be happy nostalgia? Yes, I think so. There were things that I was happy to remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, some things I had genuinely forgotten. Some mm-hmm. people I had completely forgotten. Mm-hmm. Who were then I saw them and said, "Oh, yes, that was nice to nice Did to see you." Did you feel obligated places. to follow up with them after you saw them again to like stay in touch to reconnect? We're in this phase right now, and I don't know. I yes. don't know if it's weird. I don't know if it's appropriate. Uh, we're we're not friends, but may, maybe we sh- we could be. I don't Do you know. want more friends? I never feel like I need more friends. Mm-hmm. But may- maybe. Yeah. We all went through something together, and that's going through that thing. It's like is a specific. breakup. We're bringing it back. I it's know, like a it breakup. Is. When it you is. go through a formative time, college, art school especially, is yeah. a very formative time. And very emotional time. Very emotional. Because you're being forced to draw on all of this stuff that's in you. Now, you're talking about chewing gum on walls. That meant something to you. It did. It came from some place where you had to express that. Yes. And you're constantly being told, well, do what you know and draw from something real. And so you're mining your experiences mm-hmm. such as they are. As a young person at 17, 18, 19, 20, and you're trying to put it all out there and you become very raw and sometimes it's embarrassing and sometimes it's... Oh, some of the some of the things I've made of myself are so embarrassing. That's, that's uh, why it's good in New York you have to move a lot. Yes. And it's good because you then say, I'm not carrying this thing around. No. And by the third move, oh, you dump it Oh, the, no. You dump it out, don't my you? my application to Parsons, I had to do a photo, a series of photos, exp- explaining myself. Yeah, and it could be anything. <laughs> it could be, it could have been anything, and I took some. Oh. <laughs> 
uh, horrifically embarrassing It's hard to even articulate, isn't it? Yes. So the only good one that I have of me is I drove to the desert and I at night and I parked my car and I set up my camera and I took a portrait of myself in the headlight. Yeah. And in the desert. And that was the only one that is like remotely okay. <laughs> All the other ones are terrible. I think I used like weird mini babies, mini plastic babies mm. in like mm-hmm. on like a lime. It was very bizarre. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It was yes. so. Also, I was like maybe into noise music at some point in time too, which is terrible. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yes, I was into. Yeah, yeah. I think I, it's like a. I think it's like a prerequisite if you want to go to art school. You need to eventually, like, like you think animal collective is like fucked and then you get into the real shit and you realize animal collective is actually just pop music. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Well, it was funny to me uh, to realize years later that so many things that I was afraid of then, um, and like Grateful Dead and those kind of things. You were afraid of the grip of Grateful I Dead? I just didn't care for it. But then if I listen to it now, and I don't, but if I do and I understand what it is, I'm like, you guys just like... Like blues music, yeah. <laughs> Is that what you guys well, are it was a sign. All getting together, to yeah, to <laughs> just like to some white guys play, yeah, the blues. blues. All right, but it was it's interesting how things like that was such an act of rebellion. Yeah, right. So the Grateful Dead, it was like almost like punky at the time That's when it came I mean. out. Yeah. yeah, and I was afraid of those things that kind of pushed it the norms. That's I'm so... like getting into the system and making it work for me. What kind of music do you like? Oh, now? Yeah. I'm very open. I or really, then. Then uh, I was, um, I really got into Nina Simone mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, like Lou Rawls. That, mm-hmm. that is not cool. Um, uh, Nina Roberta Simone Flack, is the Nina, coolest Nina, Nina, and Roberta Flack is like. They're cool. They're, cool. they're the coolest. They're okay. Yeah. Yeah. Along with, uh, I don't know. There were probably some very uncool things in there, too, but those were the attempts to get it Did forward. you listen to any, like, rock music, like rock and rolly type music, or no, no punk, no nothing? No. no. Classical? Yeah. Not with any depth. You liked a lot of, like, song, song, songy songs. Uh, you know what else I like? Story songs. Story songs. Where they tell you a little story. Yeah. You get story songs it. are nice. Yeah, a little Johnny Cash. Love Johnny Cash. Yeah. What about, like, did you ever like Neil Young? No. Really? Yeah. He's like the story song guy. Yeah, the voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's trying to get past. Also, Tom Petty. Ugh. Yeah, another one. A shame. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry for his loss, but I... But you didn't I, like I his music. I, I don't care for it. At all. Maybe now I would. I don't know. I just didn't... It didn't strike <sighs> didn't me. didn't speak... Uh, yeah. Not... Maggie, there's something I need to say to you. Isn't that a Tom Petty song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like Rod Stewart sings it or that's, Oh, yeah, that's Rod Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who wrote it, but I remember old Rod. No, that is definitely Rod Stewart. That is. Well, you have an ear, though, don't you? Yeah, I love to sing. You love to sing, and you do characters. I do characters. I've seen a lot of great characters that you've put out I there. I love doing Very characters. Very specific, targeted Often in a hat, sometimes in a and a hat or in a wig. wig. Yes, yes. In a hat or in a wig, I love doing characters, which I think brings us to comedy. Yes, right now uh, you you mentioned that your mother passed, and you have said I think in other articles and things that I read that that was a transformative moment. How could it not be? But to uh, move you into comedy, yes, and maybe inspired a certain fearlessness about that. 
Yes. There's something to it, isn't there? Yes. Because when you go through that process, and I have died 20-plus years or so of losing uh, my mother, Mm -hmm. and we were close the same Mm -hmm. way. I'm thankful for the opportunity to get to know my father in these Mm -hmm. days. I feel like we started all over again. Yeah. And it was great. But there's something about going through that which is awful and the worst thing almost that can happen that an open mic or comedy or putting yourself up there on the stage it's not i mean what fine what are you going to do to me yeah it's not it's not that bad it's not that bad i think that yeah having my mom die just it just put my life into perspective that it's very rare you know my mom died when i was 21 and it's very rare that 21-year-olds are, like, pushed into... Because I also had a, a strained relationship with my dad. So kind of my mom yeah. dying was kind of like my only parent dying. And it pushes you into a, a place that, you know, you're ta- it's like I was taking the elevator to the top floor rather than taking the stairs. Yes, yeah. Um. And I just, I was thinking the other day, I I have no idea the kind of person that I would be today had my mom not died. I really have no idea. I have an, like, I have an idea, of course, I I was still the person that I am, but it's just shaped so much of my outlook on things and it's shaped so much of my decisions and what I want to do that I just, I can't even imagine what my life would be like. And I, Obviously, I would do anything to have my mom here. Yeah, but in some ways, I I've really become the person that I am because of it. Absolutely, you know, for years after, and I don't have this anymore. But I would have um, dreams, and then she would appear and be ill, mm. and then I thought, well, that's not good. Mm-mm. I don't want to have to go through that again. Yeah, no. I'd rather we move forward from this point on. And I don't had, know if that was a message from her to be like, listen, you're probably, doing probably fine. is. I believe in. I believe that like they've come and visit us. I believe that you have like a visitation that they'll come and they'll see you. Yeah, I've probably had like three real ones since my mom died, where it's this very lucid conversation that I'm having with her, mm-hmm. and in all of the time, in the three times that this has happened, she's always made me feel so small. Like, I feel very physically small Mm. compared to her. And she's speaking to me and she's telling me, you know, all of these things that I want to know from her about what's going on in my life. And it's, and I always wake up and I feel tired because it feels like I really had this conversation with her. Yeah. And I think that those are, I think that those are real, whether or not, you know, do I, do I think my mom is like whirling out of the wall and coming to me? Like maybe I don't know, but right. right. I just think it's there. That is real. And yeah, I, the presence is real. And yeah, the connection is real. Yeah, and uh, it, it often happens for you at a moment. I would think it happened for me where it's the moment I needed to have that yes. happen. So yeah. regardless of what you think of all that, it's happening for me at the right time. Do you watch Black Mirror? I have. Yeah. In the first season of Black Mirror, there's an episode, or second season of Black Mirror, there's an episode where a woman's husband passes away. Yes. Did you see this one? Yeah, they bring the, the, the computer version of I yeah, mean, the, the and body, then, and then they right. fill it with the memories. Yeah, yeah because like, well, they've been able to track <laughs> his personality through like algorithms and right. his internet use and all this stuff. And 
I just was thinking, you know, that's so crazy. That whole concept is so (laughs) messed up to me and I would never do that. But I do think, you know, our brains are essentially computers. And I think that we have so much information stored about our parents that when we have these moments, these like visitations, in many ways it is them just like as they are manifested in our brains. Absolutely. Well, I often uh, I wanted to share this too because when uh, she was out of surgery or something, she had cancer as well. Um, and she had some one of the final surgeries or whatever. She was in the intensive unit where mm-hmm. they're recovering. She's coming out of the anesthesia, and she said, "I saw you do a performance." And every performance I've ever done since, I think, is this the one? Right. Is this the one that it is? I don't know. I didn't know what she was talking about. But it feels like it drives me still. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I have less so as a drive, but I always feel good about doing performance. Yeah, yeah, because of of that. Because of that. It's a little, I mean. No, it's true. I mean, like you're saying, getting up at an open mic or getting up on stage, at the end of the day, we all die. Like, I don't, I just, I can't care what, and that's not to say I'm perfect all the time. I still obviously do care sometimes what people think and all this stuff, and sometimes it gets to my head, but you just really can't care. It will just ruin your life. Caring about what everyone thinks is just exhausting, and then you never end up actually finding out what you like and who you are. Yeah. So I just think, I just don't, I just can't care. Like, you don't like what I have to say? Don't listen to me. Like, I really don't care. (laughs) That was something nice about the reunion and being in an advanced age such as myself is you start to say, when you get together with other people like that, you say, oh, well, we're all in command of our faculties for the most part. Right. And we're doing what we can do, and we don't have that judgment piece. No, well, that's... For the most part. There's still days. But it is funny where you see people from college or from high school when you're all in this kind of experience together and there are people that made you feel insecure or like you're not enough and then you see them again later down the road and you're like oh we're we're both just trying and like doing the same thing doing our best doing our best we hope we hope well finally uh um destiny destiny i think what we're talking about leads right into that are you someone who believes in destiny I believe that we all control our own destiny. Mm-hmm. We're in charge of our own destiny. Yeah. We write our own destinies. Hey. Um, I do believe in destiny. I believe that I believe in energy. I believe that yes. Tell that, me more about that. I believe that the energy you put out is the energy you receive. Yes. I believe that um, people come into your life uh, when when you need them or for a reason. I believe people exit your life for a reason. I think it's all energy. And I think energy creates our destiny, if that makes sense. So uh, I think it, makes, it all goes hand in hand. It makes total sense. I yes. think I've talked about it on this program, uh, maybe with Molly Austin or mm-hmm. somebody, about how I have an energy practice, and that's when I don't necessarily pray, but I try to just channel the energy yeah. around me and put that back out in a good way mm-hmm. um, or just in a way. And I think that maybe it was that energy exchange and destiny that led us to meet at the San Gennaro Festival. I agree. I think, I, but that's a, that's exactly what I. That's exactly right. Yeah. I think that 
we all manifest certain things. We manifest meetings or people that we want to be around and 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 energy pulls certain people together. And you have to also think, you know, we live in a city. How, is there's 13 million people that live in New York City? At least. City? In just New York City. I'm not yeah. talking about New York State, just the city. Right. And we happen to run into each other at San Gennaro. Because I ducked onto the back alley. And because I decided to eat <laughs> at a restaurant there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Things are happening. Well, uh, do you, you have some plans? We didn't talk about Lady Lovin'. Oh, yes. That's my podcast. podcast. My podcast is called Lady Lovin', where we talk about uh, a lot of women's issues. What lady stuff. You know. Yeah. Relationships and more relationships and sex, seemingly the only things that I talk about. Um, and we, then we covered some other ground. Yeah, um, yeah. And then um, I have a. I'm doing a show as a part of New York Comedy Festival. Well, yeah, New York Comedy Festival coming up yes. in November. It's on November 9th. November 9th. Um, it'll be at the Jane Hotel. That's where you often do. That's things. where I often host my monthly show, but this time it will be my bat mitzvah. I am hosting my bat oh, mitzvah. Wonderful. I had a I had a bat mitzvah as a youth, and it did not go as planned. <laughs> oh my! So I'm taking my bat mitzvah back. Well, that's great. Do we do need to send some money or something to you? Yes, everyone needs to to <laughs> attend. It's two thousand dollars to my okay. Venmo. Okay. And then it's $5 at the door. And that's the November night. You're going to have some other guests joining you? Oh, yes. Singing? I'm going to have some fabulous Dancing. guests. I'm going to have some gorgeous guests. I'm going to have Cola Scola is going to be there, which Listen, will be very... You, can, you, can, you can't do better than Cola Scola. No, I'm going to have Blair Saki. I'm going to have Molly Austin. We just talked who about her. we just her. spoke about. That's a, that's a powerful duo, those I'm two. I'm going to have a lot of people. A that's lot of people great. are going to be there, yeah. Well, uh, maybe I can... Make it. I'll put my, press my turtleneck and see if I'm able to attend. Please, please do. Wonderful. I'll be wearing a pressed turtleneck as well, actually. <laughs> oh, good. I mean, I have a rule after October 1, turtles only. Turtles but up. we can't <laughs> be turtling in this weather. This it's, is not turtle weather. This is what I'm talking about. I've had to go mock. I mean, I love a mock. <laughs> I'm, in a, I'm in a mock right now, essentially, kind of. Yeah, yeah. It's like a crew mock. Yeah. A cramock. A cramock, if you but will. But I love a mock. I love a mock, but I love a full turtle. Oh, I, I just, like full. I like a full turtle, and I bet you look very chic in a full turtle. I do. I mean, yes, thank you. I yes, do. It's yes. true. And if you'd like to come down to one of our turtle swaps, I would. Uh, oh, I would love to go to a yeah, turtle a couple swap. Couple of us get down to, at the piers, and if it's great, I it's love a fun going group. to the piers. <laughs> I love going to all the piers for the turtle. Uh, the piers is a gorgeous place for a turtle swap. Listen, a lot of great turtles down there. A lot of excellent yep. turtles. Yep. Uh, Greta, thank you for joining me. Thank in you the so much for having we will, me. We continue to follow along with Lady Love and please, in personal space. Please, please uh, have a wonderful bat mitzvah. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> all right, thank you. <laughs> Oh, I enjoyed this conversation with Greta, even though I was sometimes uncertain where we were going. Isn't that what is so great about life? Not knowing what you're going to walk into, but then having a good time once you're there, and then that can happen again and again. I will tell you this. Something happened during this episode that has never happened to me before. The exchange of energy that I experienced, positive energy really, and being so fully present in the moment, that all manifest for me in an overwhelming amount of perspiration. 
Perhaps the air conditioner could have been turned on. Perhaps it was just an unseasonably humid day. I don't know what it was, other than to say that this 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 meant that I soaked two of my shirts with um, with my body, and I had to go to. Um, the store and get two new shirts and to buy two new shirts to get through the rest of the day that's a powerful conversation ladies and gentlemen and that's what happens in the deep night sometimes you wake up you know and you'll be in a you'll be drenched in a sweat because you've had a similar kind of experience and uh, that's what it's a it's like a workout for your psyche this program and i'm so glad greta could join me and listen i got two new shirts out of it so i'm not complaining and i'm so pleased you could spend some time with us once again in the deep night. Lucky numbers this week are 97, uh, 2, and 19. And I'm not going to tell you what those things mean for me personally because they all add up to something very awkward. Many years ago, personally, uh, personalized psychic reading goes out to Nasher in Kennesaw, Georgia. Nasher, uh, this ought to be relevant uh, to you. You want to eat an arepa? Eat an arepa. You yes. want to eat a sausage? Eat a sausage. You want to go and get a fried pickle? Get a fried pickle. Oh, well, I'll be doing a lot of big shows in November, a live show on November 15th in New York City at the Slipper Room, and then it's down to New Orleans for two shows on the 16th, back-to-back, a little uh, more of a storytelling kind of vibe uh, down there, and hosting a variety show as part of the Hell Yes Festival, uh, comedy festival down there. Look to our website for details and dates and ticket information and all that, and we'll be back next week with another visit to the Deep Night. For now, remember that although this night is ending, A bright new day is just ahead. Deep Night is brought to you by Jameson Spirit Cleanser, the original prairie-grade sage that you can burn whenever things start making noises in your walls or a spirit appears at the foot of your bed wearing 18th century sailing regalia. Deep Night is independently produced and performed by James Bewley, Deep Night Season 10 podcast image by artist Kelsey Roten. Deep Night Season 10 theme by Zach Gabbard. Music throughout the season provided by the talented roster of Howler Hills Farm. The Deep Night Podcast can be found on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, and on Apple Podcasts, where we kindly ask you to subscribe and then leave a rating or a review. Once again, thank you for listening.